no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we recap the Bears' 38-20 loss to the Packers and much, much more. What's good, Prez? Well, um, Dub, I, I come to our audience humbled. <laughs> um, any of the Packers fans out there that, you know, I was talking about all that shit to, I come here and I got no bass in my voice right now. The audience, I... Uh, that shit that we saw yesterday, that was deflating. I know it's just one game and we got a long season to go. But for all the things they dubbed that we were hyping up in the preseason, hyping up during training camp, it just goes to show you that, like, we sometimes have to take a step back. And I think a lot of us, because we've been hungry for this team to succeed, that we saw a couple things and we really ran with those things. And I think that... We learned a lot yesterday, A-Dub. 38-20 loss, that game was not even as close as that score would even dictate to you. And you hit on a lot of good things, Perez, about what we have seen in the offseason and in preseason. And it gave us a lot of hope for several players on this team. But you also called out some things that were of concern to you as well heading to this game. I was confident we was going to win the game. But think about all the things that we talked about that we were concerned about going into this matchup. The offensive line. Well, what did we see yesterday? Bad offensive I mean, line. The, the, the Green Bay Packers, men, they were teeing off on Justin. When I did a rewatch of the game today, I'm telling people, like, all he had in his face was stupid fucking yellow. <laughs> now, I'm not going to sit here, Dub, and take any of the fucking blame away from Justin because he's got to be better. But the main thing that we were worried about was that offensive line, and it, it, it just reigned supreme in this ball game. When I looked across that entire offensive line, A-Dub, there was not a single person on that line that I was like, play well. Braxton Jones, now, we talk about him on this show as being a guy that's dependable. Never misses practice, started 17 games. PFF loves the guy that he always gets these high rankings on PFF. Fuck PFF. When I rewatched that game, I'm like, Braxton Jones still looks like the same player from last year. He hasn't gotten stronger. He was getting bullied out there. When I look at our right tackle, the first-round draft pick, and he was a turnstile out there yesterday. I know, rookie, first game, he'll learn from it. But those are your tackles that you're talking about. Justin had constant pressure all day, Doug. You're right. Our, our tackles didn't do him any favors. And I was disappointed to see how tough it was out there for Braxton Jones. But then I also look at Nate Davis and say, damn. Where were you at, too, man? We talked a lot about you. Prez hit on the head about you not being on the field in the offseason, always in street clothes, and you go out there and stink up the field as well. It was tough to watch. And it's my thing, too. You were exactly right about that. My man, 64, I'm looking at him on the film today, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. I'm like, what's going on with this guy? And I'm like, this is the reason why the Titan fans were not upset that he left the frenzy. 
Because the guy that I saw yesterday, I was like, Shh, the fuck? And you could tell this team was missing Tevin Jenkins on that line. Ooh. It's crazy how one person makes a difference. And when we lost Tevin Jenkins at the time, I was like, that's not going to be good for us. Because we already going into the season having to play musical chairs. It is tough to see. And you talk about the chemistry of the O-line that you and I have been talking about for the past few weeks and how it has impacted them in this game here. If you, As you see, they didn't have, have that kind of chemistry. If they look at Tevin Jenkins missing, you talk about Cody White here. He didn't do great either, you know. He was giving up a lot as well. You got to be able to hold your own ground as well. And with that, man, it was a touch to watch our offensive line lose that many battles in the trenches. It was awful. It was awful. The interior the offensive line, I talked about that on a previous show. Kenny Clark had his way. There was no if and or buts about that. It was brutal. It was fucking brutal. It was embarrassing. That's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and get all up in arms about one game. It's a 17-week season. But I'm also going to sit up here and tell you, Duh, I was supremely alarmed by what I saw. And I'm going I'm to say something here. You know what the number one thing that, that really – got under my skin about watching that game was looking at our body language on the sideline. Ooh. The guys looked defeated. I'm like, guys, there's still time left in this game. You guys already look beat. You look like you gave up. I'm looking at Justin. He got his head down pounding. And I'm looking at DJ Moore. He got a weird look on his face. I'm looking around I'm like, who's the leader on this team? Who's going to stand up and say, hey, we still good? We, we saw a lot about Demarcus Walker and how he was – talking a lot of training camp. I'm like, I didn't see him out there like, hey, guys, come on. We, we still in this. Where's the leaders? Matt Eberflus? The clock is ticking, bro. You know what I'm saying? You got a pass last year because everybody knew you were taking. But it is unacceptable that your team came in week one with all this hype going against Green Bay with no game plan. From what I could tell, and if they had one, if you call that the game plan, it was a terrible one on both sides of the ball. Your coaching staff got outcoached. Alan Williams and Luke Getty both got outclassed. Games like this will get your ass fucking fired. You cannot start off a season like this. This was awful. And up the stats don't even tell you the real story. Because as I said earlier, Justin Fields is not off the hook. He struggled to fucking move the football. And I know Luke Getty, the play calling was fucking predictable as fuck. All those fucking screen passes, they weren't pushing the ball down the field. But I'm, I'm assuming they didn't throw the ball down the field because they knew the offensive line couldn't protect long enough for him to get the ball down the field. Nobody's getting open, man. And you just said a lot there, Perez. And, you know, I always call the man cool hand Luke, right? <laughs> I don't hear none of that shit. I don't hear none of that shit, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right, friends. He was not cool here, Luke, against the Packers. You hit it on the head, man. Predictability. It seems like it was checkmate on a lot of those plays. We did a run plays with Khalil Herbert. It was like, hey, those plays are about to get stuffed. Screen passes, those are about to get stuffed as well. And it's like they just knew exactly what Luke Getsy was going to do. And that's just, that, that falls on the coaching for sure because you're going to have a good game plan. You and I talked about Kenny Clark. What he said, Perez, they need to stop the run, what they're going to look to do as part of their plan. So how do you counter that? Luke Getzey, Matt Eberflus, you all got to work on those type of things right there. So to Perez's point, man, the game plan was bad. And that was the reason that you found the Bears down in a hole, bro, down 24 to 6 in a game like this. And on top of that, when you get down bad like that, A-Dub, 
it takes away what we do best, which is running the football. You yep. can't get the running game going if you're down that fucking much in the football game, right? So it's just it just sucked because you talking about being down big in the third quarter. The Packers came out at halftime. I don't know what they coach told them. <laughs> they came out at halftime and they punched us in the fucking face. And you the one that brought this up. You said you and I talked about this. Aaron Jones, right? You called this guy out and said, "Hey, we we gotta slow this guy down, right?" Because we knew that. Coming to the game, Love was going to be down some weapons, right, from the wide receiver's perspective. And those Correct. two guys with Aaron Jones, you know, and A.J. Dillon, you felt that it could be an impact on this game. And they weren't, for sure, Aaron Jones in that third quarter. The guy took over on their first couple possessions. You got to think about it. There was no Christian Watson in this ball game. Nope. So we did see the Dobbs play. And Dobbs put in work on us. But also Reed, the rookie from Michigan State, that you and I covered at the Senior Bowl, I covered him at the Combine. This kid did not look like a rookie out there. He was out there getting open. I'm sitting here like, um, is anybody going to cover this kid on special teams, those punt returns? I'm like, this, it makes me sick that the Packers could lose Aaron Rodgers when we're sitting over here feeling some kind of way about that, and they still blow us out. And I didn't think that Jordan Love did anything all that spectacular. It was us. And you called out Allen Williams a minute ago. And I'm looking at Allen Williams on the defensive side of the ball. What is your scheme here? What is your defensive scheme? I mean, the cover two is not working. The zone cover is not working. We're not getting home. And I'm like, your team is getting physically outplayed against the Packers. Mm -hmm. where, are you, mm -hmm. where are you at, Allen Williams? What's up, man? This is on you. No, it, it definitely is on him. I mean, you brought up a, a point. Outside the Ngakwe? Where was the pressure on the quarterback? Jordan Love had all the time in the world in the pocket. We just talked about this on the preview show that we did on the Packer Net podcast. We talked about the fact that we got to put pressure on the quarterback. We got to do clever ways to get pressure on Jordan Love, make it uncomfortable for him. He was uncomfortable the entire time out there. Our defensive line was absolutely abysmal. Now, I got something for Ryan Poles, too. We all out here anointing this man King Poles. Now, we saw him go out and draft Darnell Wright with the top 10 pick. And they left Jalen Carter on the board. The number one thing that Matty Mofusa's defense needs is a destructive three technique. We do not have that on this defense. And when I look at what we're trying out there on defense right now, it's not going to get the job done. Now, I was hopeful that this defense would be much improved when you saw the money they put into that linebacker position. We saw that they drafted Tyreek Stevenson. We felt good about our safeties. But when I'm looking at this, this looks like the same fucking shit that we saw last season with this defense. Not getting any pressure on the quarterback. It killed us, man. It literally killed us. Jordan Love looked like a seasoned quarterback out there. It was, it was, it was, just, it was just unacceptable. Unacceptable. In seeing the fact that Demarcus Walker couldn't make an impact, Andrew Billings couldn't make an impact, I'm like, what are we doing here? You know, you called out the one guy who I felt very confident in the game, and that was in Glockwood. He went out there and played very well for us, but I felt like he was alone. Our secondary didn't get the job done themselves. I'm like, come on, man, you all couldn't help out either. So we lose in the trenches on the defensive line as well, and then behind them, you all can't hold your own ground. I'm looking for Eddie Jackson. I'm looking for Jalen Johnson. Where are you guys at? You all didn't get the job done either. And that was to the point that I made earlier. Dub is 
where are the leaders? Yep. Who's going to be the person that's going to say, hey, this is this is unacceptable? Now, I know Justin Fields, after the game to the media, was like, hey, um, he's not going to get all down on himself. He realizes this is one game, but he apologized to his teammates. He apologized to the fan base, which, okay, fine. I mean, you ain't got to do all that apologizing. But for me, <laughs> y'all got to have some pride out there, man. This is the team yeah. that's our rival. This is, our, this is the same team that had a quarterback that came in here and said he owned us, and he owned the field that they play on. When are you going to get tired of, of being bullied? Like, man, I I thought that in history, A-Dub, eventually, the kid that's being bullied gets enough courage to fight back. When are we going to fucking fight back? We keep getting our lunch money taken from this fucking team, man, and this is sad to watch. Very sad, Chris, because I thought but that's supposed to be bad man gone. We had a golden opportunity. And now we're at a point saying, hey, we're going to allow Jordan Love to own the Bears too? Like you said, man, when is the pride going to come in and say, hey, enough is enough? It's time for us, you know, to be held accountable for our own play and go out there and take a victory. We got to go out there and play all in the line, man, defensively, offensively, and make things happen. But this game here, it was just so much that went wrong with the Bears. Both of those coordinators, they need to change the schemes up immediately because whatever the fuck they call themselves trying to attempt to do wasn't working. I'm sorry. They need to fucking figure that shit out. Now, we talked about the fact of Aaron Rodgers leaving, Jordan Love coming in here. Most of us predicted the Bears will win. If anything, we thought it was going to be a close game with the Bears pulling it off. No one, at least me, and the people that I've talked to, and even you, Doug, none of us was thinking we were going to get fucking blown out like this. Not at all. This is now the ninth straight game that Green Bay has won. When do we get tired of it? That's the thing. I, I keep saying that. Like, th listen, I'm not even, I, I, and the audience, you guys can tell, I'm not going to be over here ranting and raving because, to be honest with you, this is the same story. We've seen this movie over and over and over again. I'm looking at people, they talking about some, man, I'm about to leave. And I'm sitting here like, well, I ain't about to leave this game now, but I don't <laughs> like what I'm seeing. I'm like, these tickets too damn expensive for me to get up. What the hell will we do? Get up and leave just to be walking 20 minutes to go to my car? Fuck that. I'm standing my <laughs> ass right here. I'm soaking all this shit in. Well, you took it on the chin, but it still sucks, though, to see us go out like that. All the optimism, bro. Sunday morning, man, I was so fired up, A-Dub. I was so fucking happy. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. Football's back. They got, we got week one on the horizon. The Packers coming here. I'm talking all this shit to the Packers fans. Boy, I'm over here eating crow right now. God, <laughs> I hate that shit. Damn. <laughs> You're not alone. And <laughs> you hit it over the head, bro, about how we both felt about coming into this game. You're right. I was pumped up, too. You know, I'm at... Iowa Cubs watching them play, and I'm pumped up about the game that the Bears are playing. And to see them play that way, I'm like, I don't regret what the hell I'm at right now. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm glad I'm here watching Pete Crow Armstrong and Cole do their thing. And here we are, the Bears over there getting their butts handed to them against the Packers. So I felt good personally from where I was at. But, man, you being at the Bears game and watching them play, bro, and say they're performing, that's got to suck right there for sure. Yeah, and, and uh, shout out to you, man, for the coverage for the Iowa Cubs. And like I said, man, it's, it's just one of those things, man, that it's like we are numb to this at this point. 
And I thought it was going to be different, you know, and that's why I'm saying, like, I'm trying to keep myself composed here, remind myself that it's a long season. We got Tampa Bay coming up. Now, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very careful with my words with that matchup when we do our preview <laughs> show. <laughs> I saw how they played and how they beat Minnesota, right? So it's like one of those things that I'm going to have to sit down and watch them a little closer before I get on this mic and start talking shit. Because, like I said, until I see something different out of our boys, hey, I can't be on here with all that base. You know what I mean? <laughs> DJ Moore, only two targets. What? What the fuck is that about? You know what I'm saying? Right. You go out here and you go get a guy like that and you don't throw him the football? Right. Chase Claypool, where are you at? Oh. Now, I'm watching him all summer but until he got hurt, making plays out there in training camp. But this is the same Claypool that we saw last season. Not making any impact. Now, if you look at this Chase Claypool kid, he has the look of what somebody that should be a bona fide star. Size, speed, athleticism. Then he gets out there on the field, and it's like, what are we doing? I was so disappointed at Claypool. Dropping passes, not playing physical, not blocking well. It felt like he didn't want to be there, bro. If he's just looking at him, just watching him play. And I'm like, man, dude, Fred's not been rooting for you. We talk highly about you this offseason, what you've been doing. And to come and play like that was a slap in the face. But you got to bring it every Sunday, man. You can't pick and choose when you want to play. And this is the thing, man. Ryan Poles, he went out there and, and traded that draft capital to go get him. And again, we have to make sure while we're giving him his flowers for the moves that he's making in the world, we also got to say, well, <laughs> the, the jury is, is kind of coming to a conclusion <laughs> on the Chase Claypool trade. I hate to feel that way, but it's like, I did not like what I seen because I've been over here trying to get this guy the benefit of the doubt, man. Yep. But I did not like what I saw from him yesterday at all. He's got to rebound big time from that game. <laughs> he has to, Prez. He got to come back out week two and put it all, all on the line like it's his last game to ever play football again. Go out there and ball out. That's the only way people are going to look at you a little bit differently because – what you put out there against Green Bay is not going to cut it. And truth be told, bro, that kind of performance is what gets you benched. Well, you see your boy Money Moon. I don't even think I gave Darnell Mooney enough credit because I'm over here thinking, but the way that I saw Chase Claypool practicing this summer, I'm thinking, well, shit, Mooney might end up being like the three. Claypool might be the two to DJ Moore. And your boy Money Moon has other ideas, eh, dude? Money Moon! Bank was open, Chris. <laughs> you you hey. just couldn't wait. You just couldn't wait. <laughs> I could not wait, man. It's been a long time, man. I'm saying that. Big Dave got to eat crow for a second. And so everyone <laughs> can back up <laughs> off me. Back up off Money Moon. He came here, rolls to the occasion. You know, you and I talked about a pre-show, Perez, about Money Moon, you know, cashing in, bro. And um, it was just good to see him get in the end zone. And that pretty much one of the few bright spots that we saw in the game. It was. I was happy for him, man, for him to get that pass. And honestly, I mean, it was one of the few passes where we saw them pushing the ball down the field. That was a really good route concept. I just don't know where the hell that shit was the rest of the game. I'm like, all those screen passes, man. And also, too, I'm just going to say this, man. The decision to direct step to, to Cole Komet on third and one, third and short, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. And that doesn't fucking do anything. 
Then they decide to go for it on their own 40, and we couldn't even get a yard. Now, I'm sorry, but the Philadelphia Eagles taught you the formula of pushing the quarterback from behind and getting two or three yards on a quarterback sneak. Why is it Khalil Herbert behind Justin Field pushing him forward? Also, I'm not so crazy about my quarterback doing quarterback sneaks into all that traffic, getting hit and getting fucking teed off on. Because you know it's open season for them to tee off on your guy. I, I just didn't like that. And we gave the Packers seven points on that because you give them the ball down in your territory and they just march it down the field. You're right about that, Prince, because that pretty much was the Bears' first drive. You can't get one yard on your first drive. I don't mind for them going forward on fourth down, but the play call that you called out, Mike, what are you doing? You just tried it up the middle with Cole Commit. It didn't work. So try something different. Get to the outside, let Justin do some of his wheels. Try something different. But that play call, this is why I got to get Getsy. I got to come at Getsy on this, friends, because Getsy could have known better than that to see that, hey, it's not working out. And you got to throw a different play out there, man, to throw the defense off. I don't care if you make them come off sides. Do something, you know, but the way he called that, Perez, and then it didn't work out, you're right. Now you got Green Bay set up with good field position to make something happen. And guess what happened? Green Bay cashed in. Now, when it comes to Justin, man, he had two costly turnovers. And this is something that you and I talked about during the summer, about how we have to play clean football. Matty Mafus, you know, he preaches this with the hits principle. He preaches it with no lows. He preaches this with making sure that his team is capitalizing on other people's mistakes. Well, we're turning the football over. We are not a good enough football team to turn the football over like that. And these turnovers were costly because the Bears were trying to rally at the time. Right. That fumble that Justin Fields had, that was awful. The pick six, the Quay Walker, Jesus Christ. That was the one right there when people started getting up and walking out of there. I was like, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, that pick six. Darn all right. He lit up Quay Walker at the end of that fucking touchdown run. I did smile at that one. I was like, yeah, well, that's a nice <laughs> hustle. Yeah, that was nice hustle, though, man, no doubt. But to your point, you talk about the turnovers. I don't know what Justin Fields saw on that play to throw that pick, but that was a tough one right there. It was just a good, of course, good scheme by the defense. But that's something, one of those reads where you would hope Justin Fields can get better at. And that's something we talk a lot about Justin Fields this offseason in one of those areas that he actually was growing in. And it didn't show on that play right there. But it's like, hey, Justin, you got to be better with that. No, there's no excuse whatsoever. He's got to hold on to the blue one. Like I said, this was a total team debacle. Offensively, defensively, special teams. Like, everybody coaching. Shit, the GM. <laughs> the only people that ain't to blame is the fans. We, we went out there, we showed up and showed out. You had people flying here from overseas for the game. The fan base, they didn't really be peace from that game yesterday for having to sit there and watch that. And Packers fans, listen, they got all the rights to keep all the receipts. They were talking that good shit yesterday on Twitter. And I said, you know what? I ain't got nothing to say. If you come for me, come for me. I saw a couple of neighbors tweeted a couple of things. I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. fine. I can expect it. I can expect it. Right. I was talking shit. And that's the thing. You ain't going to give me, I ain't going to be no hypocrite about it. I was talking shit, and guess what? They can be eating my words right now. Hey, look, like I'm telling you, bro, you're not the only one eating your words, man. I'm right along with you. You're right. I was with you along with you, Perez, talking heavy about what the Bears is going to do. And it didn't happen that way. 
But to your point, when you talk about the fan base, they come out and support this team no matter what. And looking at that crowd on the television, see how many fans were there, Bear Nation, how they pulled up, that is a blessing to see that many fans show up to support the Bears. And if you're watching that, man, you got you to gotta really agree that Bear Nation has some of the best fans in the world, bro. In the world. I want to ask you, though, let's break down some specifics on offense and defense that kind of grinded our gears a bit. What is one thing in this game that really just, like, irks you? The penalties. And I'm like, how we keep yeah. picking up penalties like this? Braxton Jones, I'm calling you out right now, bro. Come on, man. Ooh, ooh. Those, those kind of penalties, man, you told me you was good. All right? <laughs> <laughs> All right? I'm just saying, friends. You told me he was good, man. But in game one, he wasn't, man. He was not good in game one. Those penalties, penalties are setbacks, bro. You talk about third and long. Your quarterback bound to make a mistake in these kind of positions. You're putting the quarterback in, right? And then they, the, the defense knows what you're going to do because you're at a point where you have no choice but to throw the football. So now you, you put Luke Getsy in a tough spot. You put Justin Fields in a tough spot. And you put your offense in a tough spot. So when you see all those penalties coming about, press, it's like, man, this is going to hurt the team badly because you're right. We're not equipped or that good where we can get away with hitting, getting hit with a penalty and coming up out of that, man. That's a tough hole to dig, tough hole to come out of. Well, Luke Getze put himself in a disadvantage when he woke up Sunday morning. Let's just say that. <laughs> when he woke up to go to Soldier Field, he had already lost. Yeah, that's all I can say. That fuck, fuck him. But <laughs> I agree 100% with those penalties. Braxton Jones, come on, bro. You got to be better. But yep. one of the things that you brought up, Dub, that was a hell of a good point, is the third and long scenarios. We're not that good to be having our offense facing those type of situations. And to the point you were making about Getze, yeah, it does as a play caller impact the way that you're calling the games. But guess what? That son of a bitch, he was calling plays like he, it was mad. What were we doing with these damn screen passes, man? I'm sorry that I keep bringing that shit up, but I hate those screen passes. I don't want to see another one of those screen passes. He called the game like an eight-year-old playing Madden for the first time. It, it just, it was terrible. And then also, we were three of 13 converted on third down because of the penalties and shooting ourselves in the foot, Ada, to your point. You can't have that, man. They got to clean that up. There's a lot that this team needs to clean up. But our offense, those penalties, man, they were killer. And the turnovers from Justin Fields, can't have that. Can't turn the football over. And Justin has a history of that with the fumbles. Think back like the last season. Right. We talked about that then. Got to protect the football, man. He got to be better, man, when it comes down to holding on to that football, as we talked about. But it's just tough, man, when you got penalties and you have turnovers. You can't expect to win a football game with that happening. Now, this is another thing. I felt like they had a decent rhythm early on. They were actually in the game in the first half, surprisingly, right? It was just that third quarter where the Packers just blew the, the damn doors off. It's tough, man. You're right. At half, the Bears were down, what, 10 to 6 for sure. And with that press, you thought they had a chance. We knew, of course, Green Bay is going to get the ball first at half, right? The second half to start the second half. But how you start this second half defensively, Allen Williams, come on, man. You got to be better than this. I mean, you and I talked about a little bit earlier about Aaron Jones, and we're like, hey, this guy's running all over us right now. And then we let the guy hurt us in the passing game too, and it got you down to a deep hole. And now you're in a deep hole like that trying to climb up out of. That's a hard thing to do as well. Now, the one thing, though, that we're going to look back at this game and notice that 
The final score obviously doesn't tell the whole story. The stats don't tell the whole story. We were in the game at certain parts. We went into halftime trailing 10 to 6 when we easily ate up, could have been in the lead. Kyron Santos, those two field goals, those were stalled drives where again, what happened? We shot ourselves in the foot on those drives. Right. See, that's the difference between winning and losing. We talk about that so much on the show. When you're not executing, leaving points on the fucking field. You can't have that, man. That's the difference between a team that's going to go to the playoffs and a team that's going to go back to having the top fucking five, top ten pick again. And if we continue to play like we did against the Packers, get ready for another high pick. Because you're right. There's some opportunity we had to score a touchdown, like that pass to Cole Commit, right, in the end zone. I'm like, Cole Commit, get over. You're a big guy. You're in the red zone. Make a play on that ball, man. Make a good move. Run a good route. But Justin Fields trying to give you a chance and – what happened? Now we got to settle for a field goal. That is a tough thing to watch, tough thing, tough thing to see. And you got to blame coaching for sure on that, on how do you start the second half. No, and, and to your point about defense, like, shit, you heard what I had to say about all those coaches. I feel like they all, they need to, I hope they right now in some meeting right now getting fucking scolded for that bullshit, man. It, it's bullshit. The fan base deserves better than what we saw yesterday. It's like, come on, man. The same story. New year, same fucking shit. And before I get into the defensive part, the thing that really concerns me is when I saw Justin out there, he looked like the 2022 Justin all over again. I'm like, where's the progression? Now, I'm not going to sit up here and call Justin out, but I will say we got to see better from you, number one. Come on, man. This is your team, baby. We can only go as far as you lead us. We we got we get We need you. We need you. Lou Getzey. Get your shit together. <laughs> Seriously. Now, when I talked earlier, A-Dub, and I said earlier, where are the leaders on this team? What too many people, in my opinion, that stood up and rose to the occasion? Now, Roshan Johnson is one of those guys. You and I have been talking about him a lot on this show. I know he's only a rookie. I know a lot of what he did in the game was during what people would consider garbage time. But guess what? Those were still snaps out there on a fucking football game and a professional NFL game, I'm going to fucking sit here and give this kid his flowers because he was competing. He didn't care that we were down fucking as much as we were down. He out there running people over. He out there making plays. He scored his first touchdown in the league. You can just tell certain people are wired different. And you can tell certain people they just want it more. I respect the way that that kid went out there and performed in his first NFL game. Chris. I'm glad you brought up Roshan Johnson because when he ran Ford over, it was embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. Ford had to grab his leg and pick up a penalty because he couldn't believe he got ran over like that. <laughs> Money Moon got that touchdown. We got to thank Roshan Johnson for that because he came out prayers, running very well, getting the team fired up, and it opened up some doors where, hey, we were able to trick the Packers finally. And that's where Money Moon got open like that, bro. And I'm like, man, Roshan Johnson, you earning your way to earning more snaps, man. And I think right now the kids putting people on notice, Chris. No, he really is. So the point that I was going to make real quick about Alan Williams, and I talked about this on a preview show. For some reason, this man don't know how to blitz. For some reason, Doug, this man does not know about blitzing. Now, Alan Williams... This is my final piece on you from week one. 
we need you to learn how to blitz your defensive players. He consistently rushed four players, and it was not getting enough pressure to Jordan Love. Now, I talked earlier about how Jordan Love was comfortable. I'm not going to repeat that part. But my thing is, we need to get after these quarterbacks by any means necessary. When you're facing young and inexperienced quarterbacks like a Jordan Love, come on, man. This is checkers. It ain't chess. This is easy. I don't even make the type of money you make, Allen Williams. You know more about defenses in the NFL than I'll ever know. But guess what? All I know is common sense. And so, common <laughs> sense is, <laughs> put some fucking heat on that inexperienced quarterback. He did not do so. And i tell you one thing. He should be on the hot seat for what we saw. That defense looked awful. They looked awful. And the one final thing I have to say about Allen Williams on that note you talked about, is what adjustments did he make in the second half? Because I didn't see none at all. Adjustments. None of the coaches staff made adjustments. None of them. Shit was a joke. It was a joke. Yeti made no adjustments. Williams made no adjustments. Ibafus looked lost. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know, man. Like I said, man, leadership starts at the top. And I'm not so confident in this coaching staff. And again, I told y'all how I felt about the body language I saw on that sideline. I'm like, man, what is up with our team right now? They do not look good out there. They do not look like a cohesive unit that's ready to go out here and punch a team in the mouth. We got punched and we just sat there and got bullied on our own fucking field. Again. When do you get tired of that? That's my thing. At a certain point, you got to be tired of people picking on you. And Jordan Love with the smirking and, 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 and all that shit. <laughs> See, Alan Williams, because of you, people over here all, oh, Jordan Love, his mom was at the game, and, and she's so proud of him. And, and the Packers fans, they, they they traveled, and they supported their team, and they 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 reminded the Bears. Like, all this shit because of y'all and this coaching staff not having this team prepared for the players, not being able to look themselves in the mirror and be accountable and realize how important this game is. Jaquan Brisker, you was talking all this shit about the rivalry. Where was you at, son? I legit, I love Jaquan Brisker, but I could call a spade a spade and say, hey, bro, where was you at? Bojack, what's up, bro? There's so many players on this team, Perez, that we can call out, which is unfortunate, though, because we just named a lot of players. Hey, there's too many players who did not have a good game, and I think it was really tough for me to watch two guys, like you mentioned, Eddie Jackson and our boy Jaquan Brisker. These are two guys we were high on last year. We've done a good job. And to see both of them play the first game week one like this for us, it was very disappointing. It's like both of them had setbacks, man. I'm like, come on, guys. You can't come to week two like this. But, man, what happened on Saturday? The calls you all to wake up and come to this game at 325 and play the way you all play. It's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, that shit is pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> Hey, man, we going we to have some positive vibes before we get up out of here, man. Let's give out some game balls. I know all this, you guys are probably like, why are we giving out game balls? Because you know what? We like to have some good vibes here on this show. And, you know, we want to keep it positive because I know from A-Dub's standpoint, I know from my standpoint, this was a tough watch. It was a tough watch for you all. And we hate recording shows like this. I hate being negative about our team. We love this team. But I'm going to be honest. And I'll tell you one thing, that shit stunk. It really stunk. <laughs> All right, A-Dub, 
Who's getting the game ball on offense, bro? On offense, I gotta go with Money Moon. Okay, gotta okay. go with my boy Money Moon, Perez. As I mentioned already, you know about the bank being open, but I think the fact that you and I talked about him, Perez, in the offseason about him coming back, having this chip on his shoulder, kind of a thing. To see him start the season off this way makes me believe that there's more to come, bro. So good start for him. Got a guy in the end zone. I expect that to continue to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen in game two, but I'm just saying week two, I think this guy is going to continue playing well off DJ Moore because we're really going to need him to. So right now, good start for him. I'm quite sure next time we're going to get, get DJ Moore more involved, but I can expect right now that Money Moon is probably going to be there to help this guy out. So therefore, just going to have two targets to work with for sure if Claypool can't get it right. And this is the thing, too. What did I tell the audience during the summer? I said, you got two receivers here that are vying for a contract extension. And Money Moon right there is letting them know and letting Ryan Poles know, I'm your guy. And so my whole thing is this, man. We know what we got in DJ Moore. I guarantee we're going to see more of him. Uh, no pun intended. We're going to see more of him on Sunday against the Bucks. But Darnell Mooney's letting you know right then and there. He's going to be that dependable number two here on this team. So that's a well-deserved game ball for him. I'm going to give mine to Roshan Johnson. No surprise there, probably, for the audience. But for me, man, hearts, that goes a long way, man. I'm a Southside Chicago guy, just like A-Dub. Man, we respect guys like that, man, the guys that just get it from the mud. Well, a guy like Roshan Johnson was out there, man. He was just out there competing, out there showing them that he wasn't afraid in the moment. He didn't look like a rookie out there. He looked like a guy that was like, shit, I've been in this league. I'm not afraid of this team. I know what this rivalry means. I loved it. This kid's a strong runner, and we have continued to tell this audience, Khalil Herbert, you need to be watching this kid because this kid's coming for you. Dr. Foreman, hey, you solid. But this kid, Roshan Johnson, is coming for y'all reps. And I'm going to tell you one thing. It wasn't just the running that guy over. It was just that no-quit type of attitude and mentality. There's a lot of excitement, man, surrounding this kid right now. I just loved everything. He was the biggest bright spot for me. Outside of your boy, Money Moon, I'm glad the bank's back open, a dub. I, <laughs> I, I, I took the chains off that bitch. As soon as he scored the touchdown, I went over there and cut the chains off. I was like, I know a dub will be back from Iowa. He'll probably want to get over here and open the bank up. So, you know what I'm saying? I did that for you, a dub, because I was like, you know what? It's been too long. That's what I'm talking about. I like it, friends. I like it, man. And you can use the ATM as well. (laughs) I did. I did. (laughs) (laughs) And again, this is no slight against the other running backs. You're right, Perez. I like Foreman. I do like Leo Herbert as well. And But it's just something special about this kid, Roshan Johnson, man, that he got to pretty much tell those guys, you got to move over a little bit and let me in. Because when he get the ball, he make things happen. He brings the energy. You love him in the run game. You also love him in the passing game as well, bro. So I just like what we're seeing from this kid, and I think he's going to continue, man, to ascend. I think so, too. All right, who's getting your defensive game ball? Defensive game ball, got to go with Nguakwe. I thought he was the one guy out there who was trying to apply pressure, who was out there making big hits, bro, in that backfield. And it looks like, you know, Jordan Love had to watch over his shoulder a little bit because he knew Mbappe was coming. So I got to give it to him because he's the one that really stood out to me on the defensive side of the ball, Perez. Listen, man, that's what they signed up for, A-Dub. And you see right away he's going out there and he's making it happen. Getting the pressure on, on Love, get the sack. And, yeah, you're right. 
Um, I thought it's an appropriate game ball because he actually was one of the few guys that was getting real pressure on him. We know what to expect from him in the pass rush, but I also thought he looked pretty solid in the red game. So much for people who talk calling this so much for people calling him one dimensional. I thought he looked solid out there. So hey, that's a really good game ball. You saw that hit he put on AJ Dillon. (laughs) (laughs) And they and when I talk about AJ Dillon, 245 pep man, AJ Dillon ain't a little guy now. So that was a goal. I'm gonna give my game ball to TJ Edwards. I know people gonna fucking hit me for this one because TJ Edwards in coverage. Was, uh, was getting cooked out there. However, the man had 14 tackles out there. At least in that aspect, he proved it. Hey, that the investment that the Bears made in him was worthwhile. Coverage, got to improve some things. Right. But I think once the Bears pass rush gets better, I think TJ Edwards is going to accept. I think that right now, without a pass rush, you got a lot of people in this defense that are suffering because of it. Right. And, and what I like about him as well, Perez, is that he's always around the football. So I got to give him that, bro. So if there's a play being made, he's somewhere in the picture. So I got to give him credit for that because uh, that just tells me that that guy's really still out there, man, trying to make plays and working hard to get there, even though he got beaten a couple of those passing plays. But he is showing me that, hey, the effort is definitely there. Who is your bear down underperformer from week one? We, we called on a lot of people on this show. I Hopefully we don't have to do that week two. But who's your bear down for week one? Underperformer. I, I'm going with Nate Davis. And the reason I'm picking Nate Davis, man, because he's the money man on the offensive line. We all know that. And he looked nothing like the money we gave him, bro, at all. And I'm like, if you're going to get this kind of money, you got to show up. You can't be outperformed by nobody, by Braxton Jones, by Darnell Wright, nobody. You got to be that guy on the offensive line, man. And seeing how you play, I'm thinking twice right now because now you got a lot to show us that we got to see going forward. Yeah, I mean, I hate to keep picking on the guy, but like I said, man, I just – he set it up that way with him not practicing at all and kind of like sleepwalking in that game along with Chase Claypool. It's just – Oh, it's, it's just <laughs> tough to see, man. We we deserve better, man. Like, this fan base is so passionate about this team. We love this team. And I just feel like as a fan base, we keep getting kicked in the pants. And it hurts. It really does. And when I saw Justin speaking to the media, it looked like it hurt him, right? And that's what I want to see. I want to see that these players care, man. Because you got people, man, that ruined people's weekends, I'll tell you, waking up and going to work today, I was kind of just annoyed with everything. Like, these Bears' losses, man, they have impacts on us and our lives. I know people probably feel like, y'all need to get real lives, but, dude, that's how much we love these teams. And seeing all these text messages I received, (laughs) man, on Sunday and on Monday, I had to shut my phone (laughs) down, man. (laughs) I said, I'm not answering nothing, man. I'm shutting this down, man. It's too much, man. And um, it just wear on you mentally, man. I'm like, man, I'm fatigued off. The fact that all people I got to respond to, based upon what I said, eat my own words that we talked about earlier. <laughs> Doesn't that part suck, man? <laughs> it does. <laughs> it really does. All right, man. My bear down for week one is Matty Bruce, the head coach of the operation. It's simple. He didn't have this team prepared, Adub. 
Now, I know he don't call the plays. I know people are going to sit here, but press, he don't call the plays. That's on Getty. That's on Williams. Yeah. And I came for them, too, in this episode. However, you know what Matty Foos does do? Is he sets the game plan. Well, guess what? His game plan wasn't executed, as I talked about earlier. This was an embarrassing performance yet again against the Packers. The Bears looked like a JV team out there that second half. That's how embarrassing that shit was. Matt Eberflus, I hate to do this to you after one game, but you are on a hot seat, bro. I'm sorry. Your team cannot come out that flat. Now, people were texting me, and they were saying they were showing Brian Poles in the box during the game. They said, like, that man looked like he was, like, just ready to cry. He looked like he was asleep. Whatever the case may be, I don't want to know what the hell was going on in his mind. Because it couldn't have been good. Something's got to change going forward. Matty Refluce, that seat got to be warming up on you, man. And your team come out this unprepared on both sides of the ball, almost every faces of the game. You got to call out a coach for sure, bro. And even Flus, you cannot come out week two like this at all, man. You got to clean up a lot of stuff, man. And one of the things Prez and I know that you harp on a lot is around not having these penalties. Dude, you have penalties. Your team didn't play well. It's just too much going on, man. And it's all under you. So you got to have your team prepared going forward. 100% agree with you, Adele. Well, hey, I'm going to look ahead because – I don't even want to talk about week one anymore. Week one is in the rear view. We've already watched the, the film on that. I'm done. I'm flushing it. We got Tampa Bay road game coming up here. Week two audience. A-Dub and I have a preview show. We're going to be joined by Mike Hughes again. So we're going to break that thing down. And Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully we can break our 11-game loser streak when we face the Bucks. But we get you guys covered for that. We're going to flush this lost audience. One game. Woosa. We go do this. <laughs> AW and I, we are here with you guys. We're going to be in this all together. Woosa. Thank you guys <laughs> for listening to this show and allowing me and AW to have a therapy session with y'all. We on the Tampa Bay and we are out. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.